We are discovering the way as we look through the Sermon on the Mount together. This morning, I want to invite your attention to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to pick it up at verse 43. We have talked about this formula that Jesus uses in which he says, you've heard it said, but I say to you, he does that six times. We've looked at five of them this morning. We're going to look at the sixth one. You've heard it said this, but I say to you that. It's interesting because later on, there is a reaction from the people that they were amazed that he spoke with such authority. What they were used to was the, the rabbis and the teachers uh, talking about what other rabbis and teachers had taught. And they were all depending on one another as they taught. Jesus spoke with his own authority. And he says, you've heard the rabbis say this. You've heard the Pharisees teach that. But I say to you, let's look at that one in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers with, uh, uh, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. First, I want us to notice this morning how we respond, particularly how we respond to those who don't like us, to our enemies. You might say this morning, well, I don't have any enemies. And I would say to you two things. One, you're lying. Two, you keep on lying, you're going to have more enemies. Jesus says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. Well, often when we hear him say, you have heard it said, we're assuming he's referring to Old Testament law, which has been the case in some of the other instances he used this formula. But the Old Testament law never says, hate your enemy. It does say in more than one place, love your neighbor. It was over time that the religious leaders and the, and the academicians of the world of the time added in what looked and felt like it was appropriate in their culture. Same thing happens to us, by the way. Academicians and historians add and change what feels appropriate at the time based on the culture. And over time, love your neighbor transitioned into love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So Jesus says, I'm saying to you something different. 
as we are entering the way, as he is introducing the kingdom of God, that is the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount, by the way, to introduce and explain a new kingdom, a new way of life. And as he does so, he says, you've heard, love neighbor, hate enemy, but I'm saying to you something new and different. As a part of the way, you learn to love your enemy. In verse 44, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What would loving an enemy even look like? It seems so foreign, certainly to them, because it was their religious leaders who had taught them to hate enemy. But also to us, loving an enemy, that just seems so contrary. What might that look like? Well, when Luke records Jesus' sermon, uh, we call that one the Sermon on the Plain in Luke chapter 6. But the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain very likely contain the same content. I personally think that they were preached on separate events, separate days, separate occasions, but it was a very similar message. And when Jesus made this comment as recorded in the Luke passage, notice that after he says, love your enemies, he says, but I say to you, love your enemies. How does that look? What is that, what do we do to make that happen? Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. How do we love enemy? Do good to them. Bless them. When he says to bless them, that word bless is to speak well of. To wish someone well or, or hope them no harm. And then he says, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Those are the three things that we can do to love enemy. And if you think it through, they make sense, don't they? Last week I shared with you that life can be lived on three different levels and you know people on each of these levels. There are those who return evil for good. No matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you serve your community, no matter how many sacrifices you make to benefit others, there are those who are going to return that good, they're gonna return it with evil. They're just gonna be hateful people. Then there are, on the second level, there are those who return good for good. The first level returns, uh, returns evil for good. The second level we might call the humanity level. And it, it is there that, that the, most of us are willing to return good for good. But then we have what we might call the Jesus level or the heavenly level. And that is those people who return good for evil. In other words, you give me evil, you give me hate, you hurt me, I'm still going to find a way to give you good in return. That's a whole different level of living. And so Jesus says, how do you hate your enemies? Well, you do good to those who hate you. You bless those who curse you. You, you speak well of them. 
one of the ladies who just can't stand me has done and said some really mean and ugly things to me in the past. And I was, I was just kind of convicted at one point um, when I read in Scripture that, that, that we're instructed, as for you, do everything you can do to live at peace with others. And so I sat down and wrote her a little note. I didn't apologize for anything because I just couldn't think of anything I had done wrong. But what I did was speak well of her. And I told her, every time I see you, I will show you respect. I chose to find a way. All I knew to do was to speak well, to bless. And that set me free. I don't know what she thought about it. Quite frankly, not sure I care, but it set me free. You, here's, how you, here's how you love enemy. You do good. You bless them. You speak well of them. And, and then see that third one? Pray for those who abuse you. And this is not pray that God will get them. This is pray for their well-being. You may remember the fiddler on the roof back in that year. You know, it's set in, in Russia and the Jews are persecuted and the czar is the bad guy. So somebody asks the rabbi, is there a blessing for the czar? And the rabbi responded, God bless the czar and keep him far away from us. <laughs> this is not really that prayer. This is praying for their well-being. And let me tell you why. I know somebody who, every, if you cross this person, you wind up on their list. You ever heard people talk about my list? You don't want to be on my list. It's like they form this hit list, right? And I know, I know some people hold on to that list for years. You do one thing, man, for two more decades, they're, they're, they're after you. You're on the list. And what I've learned over a long period of time is that if I put you on my prayer list, you get transferred off of the hit list. You see, one of the things that I have figured out is you cannot hate someone and pray for their well-being for very long. If you choose to follow Christ's direction in this new kingdom life, and you choose to really pray for the well-being of another, somewhere along the way, the hate and the animosity just kind of dissipates. So he says, how we respond is to love your enemy. What does that look like? Do good, bless them, pray. Have you noticed that none of those things have anything to do with feelings? We think love is a feeling. Scripturally, love is a commitment and an action. He says, love your enemies. I will always appreciate one of the great lessons that I learned from Pastor W.C. Wright at Bold Spring Baptist Church. 
because he pulled me aside one time and he said, God told me that I have to love them. He never said I had to like them. Love your enemies. How do you love them? Not through feelings, but by a, cho a choice. I'm going to do good to them or for them. I'm going to speak well of them and bless them. I'm going to take them off my hit list and put them on my prayer list. That's how we respond. Then let me show you who we represent because this makes all the difference in the world. When it comes to our relationship with our enemies, how we respond is that we love them. And the reason is who we re represent. Look at 45. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. Have you ever seen it rain on this guy's house because he's a good guy? And the next house over never gets any rain and his lawn dries up and his flowers are dead because he's a jerk. It doesn't work that way, does it? It rains on those who deserve it and those who don't. The just and the unjust. The sun shines on those who love and those who hate. God in his grace sends rain and sunshine to those who follow him and to those who reject him. God loves. Period. Not God loves those who follow. Not God loves those who study. Not God loves those who go to church. God loves, period. Therefore, he, rain, he lets it rain on the just and the unjust and the sun shines on those who follow and those who don't. As our baby Collins grows, 10 months old now, almost, as baby Collins grows, we're beginning to see the family in her face. You can see my daughter Ashley in her eyes. You can see her daddy Bryson in her, in her facial expressions in her mouth. She bears a family resemblance. You know that she is her parents' baby because she bears the family resemblance. If God is love, period, do people know that you're his kid by looking at you? Do you bear the family resemblance of love? It's easy to love your neighbor. It's easy to love your buddy. It's easy sometimes to love your family. But it's when you even learn to love your enemy that you take on the family resemblance. The God who loves lets the rain shine on both and sunshine on both. Let the rain fall on both, sunshine on both. That's who we represent. And then notice why we stand out. As those following in the way, those in the kingdom, we stand out in the world around us. Notice why, verse 46. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? It's kind of like, so what? That's easy. 
Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Even tax collectors love people. They love the easy people to love. Tax collectors. <laughs> and if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? You only say hi to the people you like? Well, you're just like everybody else then. That's the way normal people live, remember? On the humanity level, I return good for good. As long as you're good to me, I'll be good to you. That's easy. Do not even the Gentiles do the same? At that point, at that time, that meant the people who don't know or don't trust God do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your Father is perfect. Understand that perfection in this case, in this context, this is not saying sinless. Not that kind of perfection. The word means complete. And in the context when he's saying, it's easy to love the lovable and the friendly, but I'm calling you to even love your enemies like God does. What he's saying is, your love is to be complete like his is complete. You love the lovable and the unlovable. This is the way. This is the new kingdom. As we become children of God, we take on his family resemblance and we learn to love. John 13 and 35 says, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another.